0: Welcome to the second part of the interview with Nelson Javier Mejia. Nelson is founder of WeSpark, an innovation agency based in Frankfurt am Main. This second part of the interview is super fascinating to me personally, because it's kind of a document of the time right before the crisis. Because in mid to end of February 2020. The crisis was not here yet, but we definitely by then saw it coming. So we knew something big was coming, but we didn't know how exactly it would affect us. So this is maybe an an authentic document of the time right before the crisis. It was recorded on the 12th of February 2020 and we talk about ways to innovate in the crisis, how to stay positive and productive, and we share very honest thoughts on how we feel about the crisis. At first, we talk about Nelson's vision of his startup WeSpark and then we proceed to go on with the talk about the Corona crisis. I hope you enjoy it as much as I did. So with WeSpark, what is like uh, the big picture you see in the future? What's the vision of, of your startup?
1: So the vision of Whisper is to spread human-centric innovation, you know? um, as easy as that. And there's three like, um, elements that, that make a Whisper's operation, or, or like three fundaments, I would call them. So the first one is that every single project um, it should be always an impactful, uh, impactful project, like the sort of projects that makes change. So this is um, this is how uh, Whisper makes money by taking you know like uh, projects that are, like of course are ethical and whatever, but that also generate some positive change in the world. Then the second part is that we want that eventually people talk about Whisper because they know that it adds to the whole innovation research. So right now in the team of like in the network of experts, um, two of us are involved in this uh, European uh, Union like uh, innovation method development projects. So uh, I hope that one day Whisper can be there. You know, not that we are as as guests there, but that we are as Whisper inside of this project, helping develop new innovation methods. And the third part is contributing um, by having social responsibility. It's something that you usually never hear from startups, or unless they are like you know, like social responsibility dedicated startups. And I believe that if we invest one third of our efforts in doing um, projects like uh, that are not not for profit. Um, then you you really have like a really nice like ecosystem and formula to have a company that moves people. You know, like novel causes such as uh, adding to the research, uh, such as you know like um, doing uh, social projects, such as and these three topics like education, um, social phenomena such as problems with racism or immigration or whatever, and the third one, everything around uh, environment are the are the ones that move us. So.
0: What would be a, a concrete example of how you can help um, in the area of social responsibility?
1: Yeah, so I'm going to tell you first about like the first little project. It was with one of the universities here in Frankfurt, so we will go and uh, and teach uh, innovation methods. The difference is that when we are teaching them, we also try to bring this... Um, I will call it like good into the whole methods, you know, like let them know, hey, this is super empowering. So we want you to use it for for ethical things and just like bring the ethics on different parts of, of the process. Like, OK, so this is the moment where you learn this. For example, uh, so we are going to do some ideation. And then when we are creating the ideas, I will tell them, so OK, but now you have to have also your personal check. Does this go with your values, with your principles? Is this something that your grandma will say it's something ethical and so on? So this is how we do it. And for example, um, at this for for now for universities, we haven't like we are doing this for free. On the other hand, um, we had a big um, customer that is a huge bank, like international bank, and they this was a paid project. But they wanted us to um, teach innovation methods to kids. So we were running these trainings at different schools here in Frankfurt, which is super nice.
0: So the bank paid you to yeah. help. Kids innovate to help you uh, teach innovation to kids.
1: Exactly. So wow, yeah, cool. yeah. So it's part of the, your social responsibility, I guess. At the very end, it's like the bank doing these things, um, but you know, for personally, for me, like when I hear about these projects. Um I'm super excited because I know okay this pro- uh, projects not only like keep the company running and like uh, cover the cost but are also you know good things and you start surrounding yourself uh, from good people all the time and eventually some of these people will you know like uh, want to work at Wispark and I will be super happy to welcome them.
0: So what was your favorite project so far?
1: So um this was also one of these projects, you know, that come from the um, for-profit part of East park, but we will still do a special price because the um, end of the project, like the cost of it behind the why, is something positive. So this was with a really uh, like multinational, really big consumer goods corporation that concentrates in you know uh, products for personal health and and you know and personal care. Um, Shampoo and so yeah, on. Yeah, for example, and uh, with them we were uh, seeing how a big project was going to continue, where um, they are building different, um, like little uh, Spielplätze, you call them in German, uh, which means like playgrounds in English. Yeah, yeah. Uh, And these playgrounds are to are supposed to be completely inclusive, so that uh, kids both with handicap. And kids without handicaps and can play in the same space. So it's not like, okay, the children with wheelchair go to this park and the other ones can go to all the other parks. No, it's also not like okay. So the children that I know that don't have hands play on this little spot inside of this big park. No, it's like you go to a playground and this playground has a lot of like uh, little games and things where you know also kids with handicaps can be you know like completely. Um, in, interacting and, and they are like, it's, again, with this topic, with inclusion, you know, mm-hmm. that they can be yeah. also just like playing, kids playing with kids at the very end. Doesn't matter which limitations are behind. So yeah. in this way, you can
0: yeah. um, do good in, in the society, do good in the world with corporate money. Right? Yeah,
1: because imagine you're doing what you do best. And with all your passion and energy, and you know that at the very end, after this day, everything that, that you're doing good, like if, if, if you do your best work, then it's going to have an impact on something that is, you know, that has a, a pure noble cause. Yeah. 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 So, that's, that's
0: good. Yeah. So we talked about uh, your approach to helping others innovate. We talked about how, um, about the big vision of WeSpark. How do you think can, uh, your startup contribute to the startup ecosystem specifically in Frankfurt or in Hessen.
1: Yeah, so um, that's something that at the very beginning I was thinking, okay, uh, that the startup part is going to be also um, essential on, on for Whisper's ecosystem. But at some point, after like the second and third month, I noticed, okay. I am a startup myself and the first thing that you that you um, experience as a startup is like everybody wants something from you. They even go for for some like they for your information, for your time or your money. And the sort of services that I do, is not like uh, I can be charging different for the same work. Of course, if there's uh, something with a good cost behind, then we will do a special price because we want to do these things to happen. If there's something 100%, just a social cost, and we do it for free. And else, uh, I don't really um, wanted to have like different prices for corporations or middle-sized companies or startups because at the very end, we are delivering with the same energy, with the same methods and everything. So, at first, I thought, okay, I'm going to take startups out of the whole ecosystem because um, they cannot afford it, and um, you know, it's 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 quite difficult. So, and then I started to rethink, okay, but you know, like startups can um, benefit from the sort of innovation methods that we use, and from our attitude and energy and passion, you know. Uh, And I started thinking about alternate ways to do a, a difference. For example, you know, like um what if like I'm doing them a favor and just going to grow the network, like we do it for free and eventually like they can pay back with their own services or something that will come in question, for example. Uh, but eventually when I joined WeWork Labs, where we're sitting right now, by the way, mm-hmm. which is... um The accelerator from a program from WeWork. And WeWork is a big, um, I believe that that most of the audience here will know already, but it it started as a big co-working space. And now what they offer is like, you know, like dedicated spaces um, for companies. But uh, when I'm based here, uh, it's just like we are all helping each other all the time. It's like we have this community. And I, like, personally, I help with with everything that, that I've been using for WeSpark. with all the innovation methods, and I also get help from from, uh, other people. So more about um, Whisper specifically, what it can do for startups is more the thing that, you know, like if startups get together, then we are way bigger than, you know, like if we're just individuals. And we're all helping each other. Last time I was helping other people with uh, doing pitches on and like uh, teaching them innovation methods. Another time I had uh, four of the people from the Whisper Network sitting here together. And we were all learning about uh, sales, B two B sales. That and that was uh, another like really good friend uh, of mine that has his own startup and he's teaching us sales because that's what he does best. But yeah, but so, yeah.
0: So it's a it's a, it's a continuous give and take. You provide others yeah. with value, and yeah. you get something out of it in the future in return.
1: Yeah. So the only time that we have really like worked with startups in a for-profit project, it was um, with an accelerator uh, program that is also here. I'm gonna mention them, so they are called Futury. Um, Futury. Futury. Yeah. So they are super cool because they are following like really big, like good causes. The um, first mission was about like. Um, Green, um, green packaging. The second mission is about green banking, the one that is active right now. Uh, And yeah, with them, uh, you know, like they get the money out of. And I hope that I'm not wrong, but they get the money out of like other companies, like big companies that are investing in these startups they have these ideas that are also sponsored by these big companies and then they create the, like the teams and the teams work on these companies for 3 months so this is a way of you know of helping potential startups to be uh without you know like going for the money that they don't have so it kind of solves this problem that I was thinking before so yeah. <laughs> I believe that uh, the way to contribute to startups is to get closer to the accelerator programs to the investors and business angels and let them know is hey do you want that one company is taking care of your investments then you know we can have an innovation manager, you know, like sitting there, and you know, like it's, it doesn't have to be like innovation manager as you frame it, but if there's one person there that is always neutral, that is just like for the good of it, that can help with the whole synergies, that can contribute with methods, we can, you know, like as I was saying before, become the sponge for stress and the sun when it comes to irradiating a positive um, atmosphere. Then you, like at one time, you just higher all chances of success with this like, team uh, or mini startup that you're working on. So I believe that this is the, the, the future of how WeSpark will contribute to the whole startup uh, scene here in Frankfurt.
0: Yeah, you also mentioned that you helped uh, other people or other startups with their pitches. This was a topic that I uh, covered at length with uh, Pedro Ferreira. What are your own experiences with uh, startup pitching? What are like uh, the big lessons?
1: Um, I'm going to like take something that I said before. So first of all, is be yourself. Like know your strengths and weaknesses. Like um, if you're not really good at, 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 at you know like being funny or something, don't try to be fun. Yeah. Um, so just like don't be fake yours. it. No. Yeah, don't 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 fake it be- because people will know. And if you're faking it, please 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 do it in front of other people before uh, until you fake it so good that it kind of seems yeah. real and that you have done it so many times that you feel comfortable with it. Yeah. Um, but I believe maybe the the most important thing is about convincing the people to your cause. And I hope that people have some sort of at least like half novel cause, you know, like th- there's something good behind it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm kind of starting with the why. So I'm kind of a fan of uh, Simon Sinek. Simon which, Sinek, yeah, start with why. No? Yeah, start with the why. Um, and the why is usually like this because what moves you? Why do you start this? In like, if, if you will ask me personally for Whisper, what I started it is because I was super like... Um, Angry about the whole situation about people just like uh, slapping the word innovation on whatever title or on whatever service. It's a
0: password, yeah.
1: yeah. it's just a buzzword It's like, hey, so uh, I sell you innovation. How many do you want? Two? Like, if you if you buy two today, you get the third one for free. Uh, you know? Yeah, it's like a product you buy. I yeah. bought innovation. So yeah. I was I was really angry about this. I, I was angry about uh, a lot of people like kind of like impersonating like this this role of like, okay, yeah, I'm going to be your innovation a Manager your facilitator, whatever, so I wanted to change this, and I wanted to like take people away from using innovation as an excuse and as a buzzword to actually bringing the people back to hey innovation is a state of mind, innovation is a human thing it's inside of us, and there's ways to de- discover our own patterns and how to be innovative. There are ways you know like and, and methods that you can uh, you know like develop so that you can more often reach this state and so on and so on so Yeah, this was my cause. And usually in my pitches, I start with with this cause. And I feel like, there's something that bothers me. There's something that needs to be changed. And this is how I usually like win people to my cause. And everything else is just like, you know, it's the way of doing it. But with going back to to Simon, it's just like the other why, and then you expect how, and then what happens exactly.
0: So what you did was maybe scratching your own itch. You saw something that didn't exist or didn't exist to the extent that you wanted and you you went ahead and wanted to push that forward. This is something I see a lot with innovators and uh, startup founders, that they see that something is missing or that something is not right and they want to do it themselves.
1: Yeah, exactly. Um, but what you need to consider is that when uh, when doing this, like right now, like we are in the middle of the whole Corona crisis, I will say, um, uh, and I have had a lot of like uh, workshops canceled. So it's kind of one uh, with a lot of workshops is like postponed or canceled. It means like like everything has been moved, um, and it feels really difficult because people only think about innovation during the good times when innovation can be the solution and, and, and it's your opportunity to, to go during the bad times too. You know, This is like the moments of crisis is where people, where some people that are actually really moved by their causes, they can grow and they find the, the opportunities where other people only see darkness. Um, so right now it's like difficult times, but it's also for me a really good moment to reflect and think, okay, so maybe you don't always have to be you know like on on site so what if we run the workshops in virtual reality which is uh, i'm possibly um, i cannot say for sure but very potentially I'm the first person to ever do visual facilitation workshops inside of virtual reality in the world um so maybe I can kind of like adapt a little bit the business model to be able to do this remotely too um and yeah, and right now, like the biggest challenge of them all is um, you know like and when, when doing the pitches is' trying to convince the people that you know you can use these innovation methods um, during bad times to solve your crisis too. And it's, it's quite a challenge. Like I had to almost work on every single one of my slides and every single one of my sentences and pitches. Uh, At the very end, I'm still pursuing the same and trying to make innovation easy and trying to bring human-centric innovation methods to the companies and the teams that I'm working with. But I had to reframe completely everything. And now I have to work with people that are super scared. (laughs) So, yeah.
0: So this is a topic that is super, super exciting because we are indeed... uh in a in the middle of a big shift in in society and economy, because for example, yesterday uh, c- clubs in Berlin, like um, like the Bergheim Club, uh, it's shutting down until mid or end of April. Wow! Um, a lot of meetings in co working spaces or like uh, I mean yeah. events with bigger groups I, are cancelled. I had
1: now. A, I had a big. Um a really big event next week actually I had <laughs> I said on the 19th I wanted to attend canceled. but
0: you need to cancel right? Yeah
1: yeah. it was like humor meets innovation which is bringing again like a completely alternative perspective you know you don't think about comedy and innovation at the same time uh, you don't think about fun and innovation usually together but yeah it canceled too so in these post, times, postpone, postpone maybe better,
0: yeah. maybe we need the humor now more than <laughs> more than ever <laughs> yeah and, and um so what I wanted to get to was that we are in a, um, at the beginning of a uh, tough economic situation because indeed a lot of small businesses and also big businesses telling their employees that they need to work from home. So we are at the beginning of the, um, let's call it the Corona economic crisis that is about uh-huh, to hit. Uh-huh. And how would you approach it? What are your, like your general thoughts now?
1: when i created whisper i knew that eventually whisper is going to move a little bit towards another part you know like um, so you have these three fundamentals like the like the ethical projects and impactful projects that's the one that produces money the innovation research and i mentioned before the whole re- social responsibility so the fourth part that wasn't planned for the first year is like the whole e-business and creating a digital a collaboration platform like no other in the world that will use every single device to the you know best of its capabilities. So it's all different technologies that we have now we put them together in a way that you can create immersive experiences for solving and working in different ways. Basically, with this platform, we want to revolutionize how people work in the in the um, future, in the short term future. And now it seems like we will be pushing it forward. So it's kind of hard because you know, like you are having challenging times. The cash flows they are tight, and you need to be super um, smart about how you spend every single penny, like the big companies. But maybe this is the time to just like kind of grasp the opportunity. Maybe doing it for yourself first is the best way to convince your customers. You know, like to yeah yeah uh-huh. yeah. So uh, let's see how it goes. I'm super um, convinced. Like, and if you will go and see in, on Whisper's website, like the network, uh, the, the Igniters teams that, that we have, like nobody's currently working on their on their like a fixed payroll with Whisper. So uh, we have worked with with three of the uh, Igniters already uh, because I have been working with them before. So, but they are all willing to come to Whisper uh, at some point. like um, like There's four or five of them that continue asking me, ah, how are things going? So when are you bringing me to Frankfurt, whatever? But my big dream is to make things work out so that I can bring this like group of people together because over 10 years that I've been looking for every single one of them, this will be the most passionate and possibly like smartest and innovative people that you could possibly bring together, at least here in Europe. So... Um, whatever we will tackle, whatever challenge is going to become easy peasy, as they say.
0: You mean the three igniters that you mentioned, uh,
1: like the the network, like the the whole igniters that you will see in the in the website. Ah, yeah, that is like kind yeah. of part part of the yeah. Spark team. Exactly, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. exactly. Yeah.
0: So, do you see now that um, companies think that innovation is only for good times when the money is flowing, but actually we might need it now more than ever because. Let me tell you something. We saw, I saw something super interesting. I, I didn't see it. I read about it online. So in South Korea they started to um, the clubs started to stream their like nightly DJ session. So the people would gather at home with their friends or like brother sister I don't know, they would drink, they, they would watch the live stream of the DJ in the club and hear the music at home and dance to it and drink. And what happened there is that the companies, the club owners were forced to change the business model because up until then they didn't stream their their DJ sessions at night at Friday or Saturday night. But now they saw, well, it makes a ton of sense because we are in the age of streaming with Twitch being so big and streamers making a shit ton of money. So maybe this is a good example for like, Fast innovation in a bad economic time.
1: Yeah. So, like during bad economic times, you have winners and losers, as always. Um, going back to what I told you, that is the most important thing for somebody that you will call an innovator attitude. So, how do you behave in, in the in the in the bad times defines you more than how you behave in the good times, if you will ask me. This is where where you can really see the attitude of the people, and if you will go to see like uh, how companies are reacting, for example, one of like um, the biggest potential leads that uh, that I have with my with my company, um, they knew, and we had like the fourth uh, the third meeting with them, and they were super convinced that they want to work with us because like during this um, this last meeting, uh, it they kind of like started like a little revolution, you know, they know it's like, yeah, so we need to uh, change the way how do we do innovation, whatever. And we were like uh, 10 people sitting in the room, like most mostly innovation managers. Um, but they thought, okay, so things are gonna go down. And when we hit the bottom, we will try to use, you know, like a company like WeSpark where people are super inspired, They you know, innovation methods to kind of do that turnaround management and then change things for good. So this is mm-hmm. nice, right? Mm-hmm. But then the crisis hit them so bad. It's not like, okay, I have my, my hands tied down. It's more like I don't have my hands anymore. Uh, that, you know, they it, it, it was just way worse than what they expected. And at the very end, they just got afraid and said, like, hey, you know, we are going to postpone it because right now we cannot do... Anything, you know, the, like even to the point that, that they will go and and ask some people. Uh, I don't know if all the employees, but they are asking people to do half time now, which is uh, super hard. And um, on my side, I believe that um, maybe the best way to convince these companies that the bad times are really good times to reflect and to rethink your business model and kind of adapt it uh, and, you know, disrupt it yourself before somebody else disrupts it for you. Uh, I believe that the, the, the best way is maybe just start by doing it with my company. So I talk about the three fundamentals that, that uh, we're following about like the, the uh, impactful ethical projects, uh, about the social responsibility and the contribution to research. But the fourth one was about Creating one digital collaboration platform that also includes virtual reality that is going to revolutionize how people work in the short term future. Like, nothing less than that. It's, It's just something awesome. But I thought, okay, this is a project that might need a second company or just like, you know, like repurpose at least half of all the efforts for Whisper to do so. And it was planned for later this year. And I noticed maybe it's the time to push it now. And you know like go go against the flow but but you know collaboration, remote, digital as the sort of things that don't get hit, but something like a corona crisis so if if we manage to pull this, then it's a really nice argument. we go to our customers, it's like, hey, we can do this for you. we did it for ourselves. Is maybe the nicest of all examples because right now it feels like everybody is just like completely spooked off. All all the customers' potential is just like postponing things or just like canceling. Quite a hard time, but you know it makes you reflect yourself and think. Okay, maybe this is the time to test something new.
0: Maybe it's the time to pivot or at least to uh, change the plan a bit. Yeah. Yeah. So you mentioned uh, several times the importance of mindset. Of the people, and I would like to quote somebody that is very, very well known in the startup and uh, venture capital world. He's Paul Graham. He's, uh, I think, the founder and by now ex-president of Y Combinator, mm-hmm. a big, big, uh, maybe I think maybe the the biggest startup accelerator in the world, or at least in the US. And he, he writes very interesting essays about startups. And one is called, Why to start a startup in a bad economy? It's from October 2008, but he tweeted it today. That's what, how I found it. And I'd like to quote the following, following passage. So beginning of the quote, if we've learned one thing from funding so many startups, it's that they succeed or fail based on the qualities of the founders. The economy has some effect, certainly, but as a predictor of success, it's rounding error compared to the founders. And this is like he—he's here, like paraphrasing what Pedro Ferreira said about what he's really looking for in uh, in startups. He's looking for the right founder, the right uh, qualities, and the founder himself. Because when the qualities and the mindset of the founder is right, he can. Pivot any idea, he can change any business and be resilient and uh, uh, work through until his until his goal is reached. So I, I just wanted to, to emphasize that.
1: When it comes to the mindset, uh, the attitude uh, that you should have is like the right founder um, is the one that, you know, it will think, OK, I don't know how I'm going to pay my own roof and the bread and the water that I have in my house in two or three months. But like she or he will be completely aware. But at the same time, it's like you know, it gets motivated. But it's okay. That's why I need to. That's why I need to go out there and and and, and kill it. And we we killed it. I mean, like 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 ace it. Like get this business or or try something new. Uh, check what comes fast. And what I have seen um, from the people that I will consider successful like entrepreneurs in my network is that they are always opportunists. You know, and they know... Opportunists yeah, in the yeah, best you know, sense, right? Yeah, in because the sense it gets that... Ne-
0: used in a negative sense too.
1: Yeah, well, in in the sense that they can recognize when they have opportunities in front of them and they go them and they take them, yeah. and, mm. you know, and they make success out of it. They, they they find a way to survive. They find a way to grow. And you know, are the people that are not really like afraid of failing? Um, I asked myself already, like during this Corona crisis, like okay, so is, is my is my company failing? So doesn't mean I, I am I a failure now? You know, am am I one of these people that people will later talk as say, yeah, he started his own company and it failed? And I, I had this like it's really fun. You and, start to and reflect I'm, very seriously, yeah, right? Yeah, no, no, not yeah, kidding. Yeah. yeah, and I'm, I'm talking really like really from my, from a complete personal side right now. I ask these things to myself not many days ago. Like I, as we were saying, we we're in the middle of the crisis, but like in the last like two weeks, I have asked me like, like two or three times. Um, you know, when you're an entrepreneur, everything, every feeling is magnified. To to an extreme you know like the good times you celebrate is super good
0: good times times the 10. bad
1: times are really bad so yeah you really need to have this attitude to be able to handle that to control yourself with whichever methods you know for some are sort of meditations for your sports for other people they are they can just be like for some reason sane well eating and thinking, you know, about what else. And, you know, like uh, I have had some days that I will call them like kind of like crisis days. And then these days I will be like for one or two hours super stressed and then I have a little notebook, like my notebook of, <laughs> like my escape notebook, and then I just take it and I just write down what is the worst thing that could happen. And I create this scenario and then I start writing how to solve it. And usually how to solve it, it doesn't only it potentially solves the worst case scenario, but it solves all other scenarios that are more probably that they are happening that are not the worst, uh, but turn out to be like more probable and you still use these solutions and you never have to like hit rock bottom, I guess. But in the case that you do, you're still prepared. This is something uh, like that I learned from uh, Dale Carnegie is the name of of the author. He was, uh, yeah. Great um, uh, speaker and a man that knew a lot about rhetorics and how to win people to his cause and make friends and yeah this this I really love it's a little bit negative you could say like thinking about this but yeah
0: it reminded me a ton of something that I heard from Tim Ferriss do you know him uh-huh. Tim Ferriss is also is a is a very famous podcaster in the English speaking world. And he, uh, he also wrote books and started his own company some time ago, and he calls it fear-setting. Fear-setting. Fear-setting, uh-huh. uh-huh. and it's really basically exactly what you said. You, you write down, and you, don't, you not only think about it, but you, you fixate it in, uh, in the written word. Like, what is the worst thing, or the worst few things that could happen? And then with bullet points, you write down, how could I prevent this from happening, either, or... If it indeed happens, what can you do to like um, to cap the downside,
1: yeah, or like yeah. to
0: pivot uh, so you get out of this uh, this bad place? And when you do that, you see, wow, this this is all manageable. Yeah, this yeah. is not in one second in one moment. It might uh, feel like like a big fear and like uh, the end of the world, but when you write it down, you see, hey, okay, I can. I, I could I could really deal with it.
1: Yeah. I mean, like, uh, my, my, my worst case. So if you want to know my worst case, uh, I come from El Salvador, right? Please so me, yeah. um, in comparison to um, any person, German or person that was born here, uh, my worst case is, is way worse because it usually means, like, okay, I get deported back to my country and And you don't want to go back? uh, Not really. Like, when I go back, I want to go back just to do some social responsibility projects. And actually, we had a really big one where we wanted to uh, educate and and show innovation methods to 150 uh, scholars from extremely poor resources, but that have been, like, developing themselves. But due to the corona crisis, this is also temporarily suspended now, which is really bad because, you know, like, this is one of the... At least for the one and a half months that we thought that it was going to happen, it would motivate me every morning to start. But um, going back again, and I <laughs> got a little bit lost. Usually your worst case is going back home, um, right? Um, like, I'm a big loser, I fail. I go back home to my parents, admit, shit, I fucked it up. and. You know, it's not so bad. Like right now, I cannot even go back to my country. So that's a little bit, yeah, yeah, that's a little bit (laughs) It's literally impossible. Yeah, (laughs) yeah, it's literally impossible. It's in full quarantine. Nobody can come out uh, from, like, especially from Germany. It's blacklisted right now. So I have not even this choice. So my worst case is like being in the limbo trap in the middle of nowhere. But... Then I start thinking, okay, yeah, like the real worst cases. I have friends. Uh, I you have a really strong You can crash on my network. couch anytime. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> thank, thank you, Chris. Thank you. Um, uh, but then you know, like what I consider is, you know, um, in these moments, uh, especially like part of being an entrepreneur is like following, like like your passion and your vision and and. And, you know, like sacrificing a lot for your company. But at the same time, I believe that it's, a super, um, it's essential to, to be able to stay humble and recognize when things go out of control of what you can do. And, you know, and again, with being opportunist, like maybe it's not that like, high opportunity that you wanted to get. Maybe it's an opportunity that will just like, help you survive. But when it flies in front of you, you, you better take it. And, um, you know, like the real worst case scenario that I can see is that I will go in depth, like, I don't know, ten to 20000 and I have lost already a lot of money, like, trying to, to to build all of this. But I will go in depth. I will keep my company in parallel, and then we'll just be, like, feeding it uh, so that it can, like, sustain and not disappear while I go back to work for some companies, you know. At the very end, everything that I have done, it, it feels like I went to university two or three times and that I did like a master in whatever. I don't know, like
0: you learned so much, yeah.
1: Yeah. Um so you know like the worst case is going back to work for someone else and um, for them to follow someone else uh, cause. Um go there, do your best every single day, save enough money. And one day, maybe after six months, maybe after one or two years, start again, and follow your vision because you know it, it doesn't stop the moment that you kind of like eh, failed. I will say so. It, it it's it's always how you frame it, and I believe this is the attitude. I can frame it like, yeah, I'm just like I need to support it in another way, so. I'm just like kinda of deviating from the original plan. So I'm taking this like it's not a shortcut, but you know, it's gonna be like the the opposite is long cut, I don't know how you call yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, but I, know, but I mean. know like this is the this is the new way, this is how, how things turn out. So it's just like be prepared for it and then you know like 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 be humble enough to accept the mistakes that you did and the next time you try you hope that you don't do the same mistakes.
0: Yeah. But the interesting thing about having having a vision, having a a big picture goal, is that it doesn't stop with one job or another. So uh, some employee at a big corporation or or, or, or a mid-sized compor- corporation would think, ah, "My motivation, my motivation is to do a good job exactly at this company." Mm. But what if he gets fired? Then his motivation might be gone too. And when you have a vision, this vision. Um, is bigger than just one job or one um, one client that you have or a certain period of time. So this vision f- might follow you through good and bad times, through several jobs or mm. even companies. You know. Yeah. That's yeah. why this this purpose, this big why that also Simon Sinek speaks about, is so important.
1: Yeah, and something that you can learn out of it is like from hearing these visions and and, and and the whys of other people, the causes that they follow, uh, the situations that they have to go through. And especially if you have like, I'm in a network of, of a lot of entrepreneurs, so I'm exposed to their stories too. So going back to this like mindset change seminar that I tell you is like, mm-hmm. the sum of all these little lessons learned of all these little anecdotes, these little super personal emotional stories of people that went through really bad times, to manage to succeed, they keep adding up, eventually changing your attitude towards something or even because I, I will consider that I have the attitude to do this because the, you know like sometimes I'm you know like just um, kind of going through situations that you will think okay this only happens to the poorest people in the in the third world countries, but the difference is that I'm in the first world country so everything is magnified. But I still, you know, like, manage to wake up the next day and be super motivated, come to work, and and do things. And then, you know, when when I'm like this, good things also happen. So I believe that, uh, you know, it's like, even for the people that already have the attitude, being exposed to all these little stories and lessons learned that I was uh, taking, they can help you, uh, like, go through the bad times. Because when the storm comes, you know, like, you feel like all these stories become like your little umbrella even if your feet get completely wet, which they did today.
0: <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah, <laughs> yeah just a <as> little <laughs> yeah. like context why, why I choose this metaphor today, but yeah, uh, yeah, you will still like come out dry at the very end.
0: So what would you think would be uh, a good message to get out to companies, to startups, but also to individuals in, in an economically hard time that we are in now, that will begin now?
1: Especially coming from the um, innovator or entrepreneurial side of me, um, I really hope that, that I really have them also in my DNA right now. Um, Is that, you know, the worst times are usually times of a lot of new opportunities. Sometimes they will seem small, but they are there. So you need to be more aware of it and try to, to grasp them, try to get them. Um, the last time that we had such a big opportunity, to define like new winners and losers was you know in 2008 2009. So now you have to see that the crisis is an opportunity um, where you need to really quickly reflect about what you have been doing, um, how it got affected by the crisis, and how you can come out of it just like stronger and bigger. So. Um, Right now is a time that, you know, the people that really have the attitude to continue, the people that have the attitude, the the energy and the knowledge and and the skills to to innovate are the ones that are going to raise a lot right after the crisis. So I really want you to be one of them just like by trying to be the best version of yourself every single day, while you feel that most of the people are kind of like living the worst version of themselves and you will see that you will just shine. Um, that's my message, you know, like just get out there um have a positive mind. People need it, uh, others need it, like your network, your friends, your colleagues, they need it too, so there's nothing that you can lose out of it.
0: Th- that's a good message and that's honestly something that I should take to heart more uh, in, my, in my own personal life. And I wanna expand a little on what you just said. So there are great examples for big, 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 huge companies that came out of startups that started in hard times. So Airbnb started in 2008 when the financial crisis, were, crisis the last one uh, was at a high. Uh, Uber started 2009. Twitter started 2006 and became more and more prominent in, I think, 8, 9, 10. So those are huge companies that um, seem to come out of a hard time. Uh, I don't know in these concrete cases how each of those um, tried to use the hard uh, financial or hard hard economic time as an advantage, but... Maybe it's an indicator to go um, on the offense now, to push it now, to stay positive, and to look for new opportunities, because in in economically economically hard times like we have now, there's also less competition. Yeah. Competition is is uh, is pulling back.
1: I believe like part of the reflection is to know. Um, what you're good at. And right now, you know, with corona and people not like canceling like all sort of events where they are together, I think is okay. You know, a good thing about growing up in El Salvador is that I live like almost the whole history of the internet compact in less years, right? Because I, I lived through the nineties in El Salvador. And I was, like, the first of all my friends to have internet at home. How and a old computer. are you? Um, I'm 29. You almost don't ask anymore, you know? <laughs> 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 but, yeah, so I lived through through the whole, like, like internet. So I kind of was, like, from the 1% that was doing the internet. I had my first website when I was 13 years old. Um, what was, was it about? It, yeah, it was about, like, Pokemon, and, you know, <laughs> like, now that I think about it, you know, because of copyright and infringement, it would have been, like, almost totally illegal, but, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, these, these are not the sort of things that you think when you're 13, right? You just, like, create things. Yeah, yeah. Don't think about consequences. I believe that this is how you should continue right now, okay, yeah, be aware of the consequences, but still don't stop creating those, don't stop trying. Um, and during times of corona, you can think that you know like um, ideas that are digital, that are about collaboration in remote ways are sort of the ideas that can like grow right now. So um, yeah, just think, okay, this is what the situation out there. And for example, I myself consider that I always been part of the internet and I've been creating the internet. so I should use all of these uh, like benefits that I learned from it all these networks and communities and uh, that I, that I have been building and forums where I'm involved and just like mix it with with the situation and with what I want to do with Whisper and then come out super great this is also the time where you consider wow so maybe everything that we have been building and how globalization works and the whole economic system yeah maybe it doesn't completely make sense so Maybe I hope that somebody out there listening or somebody, one of the two of us comes out to a way to just disrupt the whole way of how the economy works. Because I believe after this little, which, because it's a little crisis that has just like exploded to become something huge. In a matter of two months. Yeah, in a matter of two months. You see how fragile all our systems are and, and the, the yeah. ways of doing business. So how in the hell can we accept to be still exposed to this? somebody needs to change it and the people with the right attitude are the ones that will do the people that are crazy enough to think that they can change the world are the ones that do so yeah
0: it's it kind of makes sense that we are struggling now because we didn't expand on a lot of opportunity that we got at hand in terms of uh, remote businesses remote work like a company like zoom z-o-o-m that is offering um, telecommunication services, like di- digital meetings, their, share, their shares are now through the roof. They are doing super, super well, because uh, people are literally forced to use something like uh, Skype or, or uh, Google Hangouts or Zoom to do, um, to do their work with other people. This might be the time to go all in on these opportunities of uh, remote work of doing things remote through means of telecommunication, right?
1: Yeah, communicating, collaborating together. those are the big words now uh, as long as it's digital and remote. Um, yeah every company out there and I have been like getting some emails from companies that I don't expect to get emails like slido slido dot com which spelled? is it's a, a S-L-I dot D-O ah, in Slido. German would be Slido <laughs> Slido yeah, yeah. yeah and like uh, I will get an, an email of them and they are just like opening all their services for education so that teachers can use their platform to you know like post questions and interact with, the, your, with the, your scholars and students and you know you just sound like yeah they, they are prepared for it um, at the same time you can like argument and I'm not going to make any assumptions because at the very end it comes down to the numbers but so maybe it's more sustainable to be working in this way, you know, like still super connected, but uh, there are new technologies emerging. Like as soon as we have a facial recognition uh, while having a hand tracking and on Tether, or like, on Tether means without PC, without a computer, virtual reality headsets, then, you know, like collaboration through virtual reality is just going to boom, is going to explode completely because at once all these last barriers that we have through video calling and through uh, virtual reality uh, meetings now, they will just like fade away and it will, it will really feel like teleporting somewhere in a matter of minutes teleporting 10,000 kilometers to the other side of the world to do business and you can still really interact as you will do you can feel a, hand, a handshake of someone else without you know being at risk of getting corona <laughs> you see
0: yeah. Yeah. yeah so
1: i believe that these are really really nice to just think uh, think about it so yeah uh, with wishpark We really have really nice plans. It's kind of difficult because it's about like going completely through the current where the money is, you know, getting slim, when the cash flow is, is is becoming a trouble. Then people usually don't think about okay, this is the moment to invest and to put all the risk in. But I believe that, you know, between the ones that do, they can only be winners. Because even if you fail, you will learn a lot of lessons and you will be, you know, like um Maybe you have to go back to work, uh, to the normal nine to five um, kind of life that most people accept and take us as, as a given thing, <laughs> even though it's not, not now we were speaking before, and then just like, you know, like resurface again in half a year, in one year, in two years, or, you know, like as Pedro said, you know, it's about like the attitude that people have and... Like investors know this, so um, when they find the right team, the right people, they can take them and just like solve all their like debt problems, whatever. Because they know it's okay. This is, this is the, this is the the girl. This is the guy that that, that should be behind this idea or behind this project. And they will just like go and take them. You know, like convince them, persuade them, win them to their cause. Yeah, yeah.
0: I think those are good closing words. Nelson, thank you very much for taking the time and for sharing your opinion so honestly.
1: It's nothing less than a huge pleasure for me. And thank you, Chris. It's been super exciting to talk about this and to open up, you yeah. know, to talk from the heart.
0: I, th- I think so, too. We should do a part two sometime in the future, maybe when the crisis is over, so we can reflect on how it went, you know?
1: Yeah, how it <laughs> happened. Yeah, why not? <laughs> yeah, okay. A little bit scared about it now, but yeah, no, but I believe that's, that's actually the cool thing, right? That... You no know, everything that we have been talking is indeed you know I've been reflecting through this meeting so I'm going to go out and try some things that's yeah, the, yeah I that's feel great. really empowered now yeah. but yeah.
0: let's make a deal to do a part 2 after the corona crisis is over and then we can see how it went
1: down so hopefully it's gonna be soon then right (laughs) yeah yeah right thank
0: you very much for listening i'd like to encourage you to follow the connecting dots podcast on spotify apple podcasts google podcasts or every other podcast player that you use it would also help a lot if you would give me a five star rating on apple podcasts That would definitely help me to grow the podcast faster and to share the stories and learnings of the people I interview. So thank you very much and until next time.